Thunder Media. Thomas Randall's rookie year has been mixed with solid performances and destruction. Last weekend at Sandown, he managed to put it back together with his best results of the year. We catch up with him and find out how a trip to England has balanced him better for the remaining supercar season in 2022. So I went there back in 2019 and that was my first time there, but to go back and just, I guess, as a refresher course, you know, just sort of help sort of solidify a few things, but then also just to, I guess, tidy up a few loose ends, if you like, with, with my driving. We also talk about how he's giving back to charities that have helped him through his own cancer issues. Not just myself, but my family as well. Just really want to give back to Peter Mac because they, they did so much for me during my diagnosis and my, and my journey. Um, so I feel like that's, we feel like it's the least we can do. And, you know, if we can put a smile on, on, on those patients or kids' faces, make their day, that, that's really, that's really what, what, uh, what we love to see. It's a great interview with Thomas Randall today on Inside Supercars, and it starts now. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're talking with a man who had a pretty bloody good weekend because Taylor and Ben was a shocker. Welcome back to Tom Randall. G'day, guys. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, it was uh, certainly a step in the right direction for us after the weekend that was at Sandown, and... Um, Certainly, considering what happened at the bend the previous round, uh, yeah, it was nice to actually get some good results on the board. So, yeah, big thanks, obviously, to the team and, yeah, sticking by me and, and all the And, yeah, the last thing you want is obviously what happened at Tail and Bend, having a quite a large crash on the start. And to, yeah, to rebound and get, yeah, as you said, probably one of our strongest rounds of the weekend was a great way to, yeah, repay everyone and just get back up on the horse. Now, you know, you know better than Craig and I because I I haven't raced anything. Craig's raced go-karts. But um, the one thing that we know of is that, you know, there are an enormous number of uh, different things that combine to make a re- weekend go well. And um, you and your engineer, obviously, I've got a, a great rapport happening. Um, but one of the things that you've done since Tail and Bend was you and Ray Lou went off to spend some time with Rob Wilson. It, this is your second time with Rob, isn't it? Yeah, my second time, yeah. So it's the first time that Ray has been over to see Rob, though. So I, I went and saw him back in 2019, pre-COVID, and that was, yeah, quite an experience for someone who's never been there before. I mean. Everyone was telling me what he was like and, you know, he's a chain smoker and, 
you do one hot lap in a in a road car, then you've got to let him out. You know, you've got to cool the brakes, but let him have a smoke, and then you stop for lunch, and it's a you know you got to have a starter at lunch and all that sort of stuff. But I'll tell you what, the the the, the people he knows and and the things that he can sort of teach you about, not necessarily driving just a race car, but how to extract the maximum out of you know, the, the tyres and the vehicle based on your inputs and, you know, the rate at which you move your body, how you can manipulate, you know, what the car does. Because, you know, when I was actually over there, this was only last week, you know, I flew back into Melbourne on Monday, the week of Sandown, and, um, you yeah, know, we, we spent two days with Rob. Uh, we were actually using a bit of tarmac outside of Donington Park. We weren't actually using the racetrack. We were sort of using not really the car park, but this big area, and he'd set up his own track with cones and plastic bollards and all that. We're driving a Ford Puma road car, and um, which, you know, he, it's all that's what it always is. It's always a road car, front-wheel drive. But, yeah, what he teaches you, I think, is, is quite unique, and that's, I guess, why he's so world-renowned. I mean, he's got current Formula 1 drivers seeing him, F2 drivers, IndyCar guys, you know, world and and, and top-tier supercar guys as well that, that see him. So for him to, I guess, fit the time in to, to see me and Ray um, for two days between rounds, I mean, this was actually planned, you know, Tickford um, organised this before Tail and Ben anyway. It wasn't like that happened and they were like, all right, you need to hop on a plane and, you know, get some driving tips. It was, um, it was, it's been booked, for, it had been booked for probably a month and a half or two months prior. So it just worked out. That was like the perfect time to go and see him. And uh, no, I thought it was really beneficial. And uh, I guess, yeah, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but the weekend was, yeah, quite strong. And I think Ray got a lot out of it because he's in the car with us. And he can actually feel you know, what, what the car's doing, whereas I guess he's normally just sitting at a computer looking at squiggly lines and he's never driven a race car before, but to actually have him in the car, I mean, there was a point where I did two laps, identical lap time, but I'd driven them them in two completely different ways and he could feel that as well. So I think that was really beneficial because trying to explain things to him now, I guess it's probably it's easier for him because he can actually understand it a bit more coming from the driver's point of view. And I think that's only going to help our relationship moving forward. And I think it already helped at Sandown on the weekend. I uh, spoke to Paul Dumbrell today, knowing that I was going to be talking to you, Tom, about Rob Wilson. And of course, I should uh, probably tell some people who don't know, some listeners, that Rob Wilson raced himself. And back in the days when Larry Persons was driving around in RT1s, Rob Wilson was also competing in F3 and a bit of F2. Um, in New Zealand, by birth, he'd be now well and truly into his 70s. Um, as you talk about how he's extremely experienced, well, the first driver from Australia uh, I know of in the Touring Car Series was Paul Dumbrell. I broke the news that Paul went to, to spend time with Rob Wilson back uh, about 15 years ago, 17 years ago. Um, and I can remember at the time when I wrote this story that uh, Paul, who talked to me at Barbagello about that he was going to do this driving course. And, and of course, as you talk about how you're just driving road cars, it's not about the dynamics of the car. It's about the dynamics of the driver. And that's the fascinating thing that, you know, it's not about learning what the car can do and the tyre can do, but learning what the combination of you and the car do together. So 
what you're telling me uh, for your experience uh, this time around is certainly exactly as I know it. Ray talked to me about it before the race on Sunday that you were a lot uh, happier uh, with yourself in the car now than before you went. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess just, you know, as I said, I went there back in 2019 and that was my first time there. But to go back and just, I guess, as a refresher course, you know, just sort of help sort of solidify a few things, but then also just to, I guess, tidy up a few loose ends, if you like, with, with my driving. Because at the end of the day, it's like any other sport. I mean, in tennis, you've got a coach, cricket, you know, there's coaches, football, all that sort of thing. And really only our coach is, I guess, what we see in the data. And I guess our, our engineer is trying to coach us, but from someone who's never driven before it, I guess it makes it quite difficult. I guess it's like me telling him, all right, you need to make sure we – you know, do, I don't know, do the ride height or whatever it is that he sort of will say, well, hang on, that, that just tell me what you feel. Um, so to just actually get a bit of a bit of a self-tune-up, if you like, uh, I think that really helped for the weekend. And, I mean, I guess there was a lot going on on the weekend as well because I hadn't driven a supercar since the start. So getting back out there and practice one, felt it felt like an eternity, really, um, Tony, from when the crash happened at Tail and Bend a few weeks ago to getting in that car. I just... I just really wanted to get that first practice out of the way and, and get back to feeling a supercar again and, and just putting all that behind me. And, and also in the first race on Saturday, just getting that race start. And it was actually a really good start, which was nice. But um, just to move on and, and um, you know, as you said, I think just feeling more and more comfortable with the car. I mean, I know I've, I guess I've driven Tickford cars for a long time, but it's it's definitely a massive difference when you're in the main series as a, as a full-time driver it's, it's completely different to being a co-driver and the Dunlop series as well so there's a lot a lot to learn and um I mean the category is so close now I mean on for example on the qualifying on Sunday I was p8 and I was nine hundredths off p3 so it's it's so tight and everyone's trying to find that last you know millisecond or hundredth or tenth and if going to see Rob is what it takes, then, then that's what uh, you know. I and the team are willing to do. When you were talking about you did two identical laps driven different ways, my mind went to, uh, it was a NASCAR movie, where Tom Cruise drives his sprint car away and then he drives the way that uh, his engineer wants to drive and they look at the tyres, the engine. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it, just, it just, the way you explained it just reminded me of that scene from Days of Thunder. Yeah. Well, it's just, I guess it's the same principle, not just, well, not obviously just in Days of Thunder or driving the Ford Puma front-wheel drive road car, but also in the supercar because, as I said, it's so close and the races come down to not just qualifying but uh, especially your race pace and with that comes the tyre life. I mean, it's all well and good running in the top five or top eight in the first stint, but you've got to be there at the end and, and it's it's a... Even though they're sprint races, you, you've got to be so meticulous in, in how you look after the tyres. And, and at the same time, you've got to be putting out fast laps. So that's, I guess that's been the big thing for me. I mean, coming from Super 2, I'd just drive hard and probably just burn the tyres and and it's all right. The, the races are short and you've got – normally you have so many safety cars in Super 2, so the field bunches up and the, cool, the tyres cool down. But – I mean, we had no safety cars on the weekend and we don't really have that many safety cars and, um, you know, most of them are before the pit window anyway. So you've really got to, well, I've really got to 
just be working on managing the tyres. And, and that's something that Ray and I have been working on the last few rounds anyway. And I feel like the round just gone was, yeah, probably my best round in, in terms of looking after the tyres, but also, you know, keeping keeping the pace. So I, I think we're only just going to get stronger and stronger. And I think the relationship between Ray and I is only getting better and better. And I think that trip to the UK was really beneficial, not just for the on-track stuff, but also, I guess the bonding between yeah engineer and driver if you like the supercars has morphed into a qualifying formula and a qualifying racing series have you had that experience in having basically the qualifying determining your entire weekend previously in the other classes you've been involved with i guess probably not i mean the good thing about main series is that I guess each race you qualify for, whereas a lot of support categories growing up, uh, you, you qualify for the first race and then the second race is either a reverse grid of the first race or it's a you know progressive grid it's where you finish the first race and then the last race is where you finish the second race. But it's really only been sort of Super 2 and Main Series where you just get to reset after that first race. You know, okay, right, we've, we've done this race. We know what we need to work on. We'll go for qualifying the next day or the next session and, you know, try and try and go better because, as you said, it's a qualifying game. Um, I, th- I feel like our average qualifying is getting stronger and stronger. I guess it's just the, the, the thing that's hurt me the most is all my DNFs this year. And, you know, I think I've had five or six DNFs and I've had two races where I've ended up a lap down after the first two laps. So in that regards, it's, it's been tricky, but I, I've just been trying to, you know, focus on the qualifying speed first, trying to extract the most out of myself and the car. And I feel like, you know, we're making less and less changes to the car. And, and um, I'm, I feel like going into qualifying, I'm more up to speed now than probably what I was in the first half of the year. Whereas, you know, I, I'd be going to qualifying still trying to, work in my driving where I think, um, yeah, towards the last two rounds, it's, yeah, hasn't been so much about the driving, but just yeah, putting the lap together. And, I mean, I guess the other thing with this category is that, for example, in Super 2, you really only need to do like a 95% lap and you're pretty much guaranteed a front row start, whereas you do a 95% lap in the main series and it's probably not even good enough for top 10 or top 12. It's, it's just that tight. And that's probably why you see guys – making those little mistakes because you you really have to be 100% on that lap to get everything spot on and just push like hell and um, extract the maximum and that's when the reward comes. So, uh, yeah, that's probably the, the biggest differences um, with the main series compared to other categories, you know. And everyone's just on it all the time as well, all the drivers and uh, and all the teams. Tom, we haven't spoken since your dreadful uh, shunt at Salem uh, Bend. I, I was giving you space because obviously you went off to hospital. You and Andre came out with thumbs up and fortunately neither of you were injured. Has it had much of an effect on you? Uh, I'd like to hope not. I mean, I guess, you know, at the time it was a it was a pretty big deal. I mean, certainly the, the actual physical feeling of, of the of the crash you know it was about 38 g so you certainly feel it the noise it was so loud in the cabin when it happened and i i mean that's the biggest crash i've ever had or, or been involved in um you know but i like i'd like to think i'm a pretty mentally tough character i mean i guess i've been through 
some pretty personal challenges as we as we all know that you know i guess that crash really doesn't compare to what you know what i've been through not not saying that you know anyone should have to go through that but i guess that 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 personal experience i feel like toughened me up pretty quickly and and um maybe quite mentally strong so i guess with what happened at the bender i feel like you know it's the last thing that anyone wants is to be involved in something like that essentially or nearly right off a car because I'd, I'd, I'm just there. I want to win. I want to win races. I want to get podiums for, for myself, for the team, for for Ford, for all the fans, all the all the members for the, of the team, um, you know, all our partners. Like it was – I was gutted. I mean, we're on the front row with, with Cam. It was the team's first front row lockout since 2016 and uh, we had three cars in the top four with uh, with JC in fourth. So it was, it was pretty special. And then the way it ended was – yeah, you just you never think that's going to happen. So to see that obviously Andre and I walked away was was the main thing. But yeah, I feel like I was. I guess if there was any doubters, I feel like I was able to put that to bed on on the weekend. I mean, I know we didn't win or get on the podium, but certainly getting in that shootout on Saturday was was pretty special. And um, I think we were P five in the shootout, and we were on roaded tyres. So I felt like um, yeah, I felt like I put the lap together pretty well. Um, I mean, there's always probably time in it, but um, yeah, I was pr- I was pretty happy to get two top ten results. I mean, I stuffed up qualifying one on Sunday. That was that was that was my bad. Um, so I think three top tens were achievable that weekend. The, the car certainly had the speed, and um, yeah, I, I I feel like I'm in a pretty happy place at the moment. Tom, quite apart from the impact, both as a pun and the the reality. Uh, on both you and your the car and the team, it also meant that you changed cars. And uh, as you uh, had mentioned earlier, that you were able to slip into the car that Zach Best had been using and put on pole position on the Saturday at uh, Talon Bend. So obviously a fast car. Is it this going to be your car for the rest of this year? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I, I would assume that it'll definitely be my car for the next round and probably Bathurst because the... The other car needed the main hoop cut out of it, so that that's got a fair bit of work to do. And it's not only just the the work of um, you know putting the rear end of the car back on and on the jig and all that. Then you've got to re- rebuild the bloody thing. So yeah, obviously I've given the team plenty of extra work that they didn't need to do. But I would assume that uh, yeah, I'd be in this car probably till the end of the year, and they'll just make sure that one's right when they yeah finish rebuilding it and uh, and put it back together. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, hold my breath on driving the other one anytime soon. You talked about the uh, personal trials you've been through health-wise and on the weekend, I must say, the purple livery looked great and you had uh, a group of people along from the Peter Mac Foundation who uh, you were supporting across the weekend. How has being able to bring that out and bring to life your challenges there helped with the personal and mental space that you have to be in? Well, firstly, it's, it's, it's helped out massively. I mean, I still feel like I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many people I feel that are going through so much worse than me. And, um, you know, I, I just, not just myself, but my family as well, just really want to give back to Peter Mac because they, they did so much for me during my diagnosis and my, and my journey. Um, so I feel like that's, we feel like it's the least we can do. And, 
you know, if we can put a smile on, on, on those patients or kids' faces, make their day, that, that's really that's really what what, uh, what we love to see. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think that's what the sport needs is, is more of this, you know, because it's not about the sport. And I feel like this we've got such a great platform, you know, to – to, to showcase these sorts of things. And, I mean, for example, just to say it's above, above the sport, I mean, we had a fundraiser going on the weekend, uh, which is still going, um, you know, to raise money for the Peter McCallum Cancer Foundation because they rely solely on foundations. And what they do at their centre in Melbourne is, is just incredible. And we had, you know, over tw- 20 grand's worth of donations and then, you know, Castrol donated 10 grand. And um, and Betty Clement from Erebus, she donated twenty grand, which she didn't have to do. So that just shows, you know, how much it it um you know means to her and and the the patients that and the staff members that came out across the weekend. We had about a hundred patients and staff members. We probably had the most people out the back of our garage compared to anyone else. But um, the support was was pretty amazing, and they were just blown away by the whole weekend because most of them. For most of them, it was their first ever time at a racetrack, and 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 to see race cars and supercars, and I think we've got a whole a whole bunch of new fans, um, which is just fantastic for the sport. And like I said, um, I think you know it's such a great platform to to do these kinds of things, and I feel like as a sport, we could be doing a lot more of this going forward. Mm. And the Peter Mac Foundation, you can donate, as you mentioned, at foundation.petermac.org. And coming up very soon is Daffodil Day, which is the, the Australian Cancer Cancer as well. So uh, plenty of opportunities to help out for people with cancer. And uh, you obviously have that personal connection there, uh, which it's great to see you're doing so well. Coming out of COVID as we are, How's the simulator business going? Uh, it's been going good, actually. Yeah, no, we've we've uh, we've got the two simulators cranking up. So we've got our yeah tin top simulator and our open wheel simulator, which has been really good for for you know guys and girls that got race meetings coming up or, or people that just want to have a bit of fun. You know, we've had a few a few nights with um, you know eight or ten people that uh, yeah just get on both of them and they sort of uh, you know want to beat each other's times. But no, it's been going really good. Um, yeah, I, I just enjoy seeing people having fun and and uh, and also trying to improve as well their driving and it's great seeing actual uh, you know race drivers that come and use it pre round and and you know if they have a great weekend that's obviously an added bonus but um, if they get something out of it then that's that's really what 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 I love at the end of the day so it goes really hand in hand with with what I do obviously with with my racing and uh, you know I spend a fair bit of time on it pre round as well. Uh, for all my preparations, so I, I find it quite beneficial, and uh, and yeah, obviously I think a lot of the other guys and girls that use it find it beneficial too. Well, the plug now: how can people get on board and book in for a, a session? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you can um, look up Dream Simulation on Facebook, Instagram, Google it. Uh, yeah, it's a website, and uh, yeah, feel free to contact me and. Yeah, whatever you want to do, we can. Uh, I'm sure we can accommodate it. How many tracks can you choose from? Uh, it's pretty, pretty unlimited, really. Yeah, I mean, I might not have all of them downloaded, but I can, I can almost source all of them. So I've pretty much got every Australian track, 
and I've got you know most most European and, and British tracks as well. I think and uh, Tony wants to book in to do the North Light. He's uh, done it in a he's done it in a motorhome. Now he wants to do it in a simulator. You've been on Media Street this year. We haven't had a chance to talk about that, but uh, of course you've been helping out Grant Rowley in Parked Up, and I did enjoy your uh, cameo on AFL three hundred and sixty during the season. Thank you. Yeah, that was. Uh, Got to thank Timmy Hodges for that. He's been yeah pretty good there, helping out with uh, you know a few uh, few opportunities here and there. So it was yeah awesome to get on the show, on the panel, uh, and who knows, maybe, maybe it'll happen again, but no, he's been great, and uh, yeah, obviously we've done a couple of podcasts with Grant, and uh, yeah, it's good to do all that all that kind of stuff and spread spread the message or whatever the message is at the time, or, you know, if it's the message, uh, my main one is, you know, if you feel like something's not quite right, go and get it checked out, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's been really good, and um, I was just going to add that uh, our bonnet from the weekend is actually... Uh, up for auction. So uh, if uh, the person who wins the bonnet, all proceeds go straight to the Peter Mac Cancer Foundation as well. So, um, yeah, we've got that up, up on Lloyd's Auctions at the moment. Having been at the, the last two rounds, I, I'm not going to make it to Pukukoi, although I have been there for over 20 times, and the first time was 1972. I vividly remember laps with Neil Crompton in the wet on slicks in '96. In a Coke can, and uh, you'll love the track. Uh, Pukekohe is uh, obviously a wonderfully historic track. It's one that rewards when you uh, you attack it and, and give your all. Unfortunately, the the back straight has the uh, S's put into it down near the end to slow the cars down. But it's still, I'm sure you'll find something uh, well worthwhile. Will you have any time either side of that? I'm not sure yet. Um, I mean, like, firstly, yeah, I'm looking forward to going there. I mean, it's kind of like sand down, but backwards. <laughs> you know, it goes around a around a horse track as well. So uh, I, when I did the Toyota Racing Series, we raced at pretty much every other track except for Highlands and and Pukekohe. So yeah, if we if we ever go to Hampton Downs, Rural Puna, Taupo, Teratonga, or uh, Manfield, no dramas there. But um, yeah, Pukekohe will be a new track for me and. Uh, yeah, I've got some work on next week. I'm, I'm yeah, fairly busy up until up until then. Um, yeah, my dog just had a procedure, so I'm just 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 looking after him at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's all been pretty busy. So it's uh, just trying to get used to it as a as a full time driver, just getting used to all the extra demands. But uh, no, it's been been really cool. That's that's uh, that's for sure. Well, the one thing that we should tell our listeners is that. Um Tom didn't just compete in the Toyota Race Series uh, 2017, was it? Yeah, 2017, yeah. Okay, not only compete there, but he actually won the series. And as the only Australian who has won the series, um, don't be modest about it. You did a great <laughs> job. You flew the flag high. And uh, racing in New Zealand is always pretty magic because they love their motorsport. They sure do, yeah. And plenty of history in, in New Zealand. And, uh, you know, one, one cool thing about going over there is, well, when the TRS is on is obviously the summer, but love seeing Kenny Kenny Smith out there and his S F five thousand running around. That's always always a good yeah. good thing to watch. So, um, no, I think the Toyota Racing Series should be. I would like to think, um, you know, hopefully gets back COVID because that's that's always well, such a great, you know, yeah. I've spoken several times um, with Nicholas Calliol, who runs the series, as you well know, yeah. and 
I suppose I should uh, mention that that very series which you won uh, has been the same place that a quarter of the Formula One field this year has competed in. And in fact, just recently, Thomas, the 21st driver who has tested a current Formula One car recently, um, who is a graduate of the Toyota Race Series, he um, is the most recent one. So there are now 21 drivers who have raced a current Formula One car ran in that Toyota series. So that's an amazing statistic and one that uh, you and all those who have raced there should always be very... Yeah. It's a shame there couldn't be a 22nd 22nd person that's driven an F1 car, a.k.a. me. (laughs) Look, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, not too upset with uh, how the journey's gone so far, that's for sure. Wonderful, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas Randall. Thank you for joining us again on Intop Two. That's all right. At least we uh, we we literally got it done. No worries. Have a good night. Say thanks, Craig. Say um, bye to Tony for me as well. We'll speak to him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.